Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Today's message is entitled, The Faith God Loves. The Faith God Loves. And I, was, I wanted to get, get another title, and Pastor Lee was like, you should name it this one. I was like, we're going to go with that one. We're going to make that happen. And, and he said, I think this will work. And I said, all right, Pop, let's make this work. So today I'm reading from the book of Jer- uh, James. Um, we're not getting there yet, but I want to tell you a little, a little explanation of who James is. The book of James is a letter written from James, who was the leader of the church in Jerusalem to the Jewish Christians who had fled Jerusalem because of persecution. So while James is writing this, he is writing this in the position of a pastor to encourage his scattered congregation. Well, today's title is The Faith That God Loves. Many of us think we have faith, but is it the kind of faith that God loves? Is it the kind of faith that God desires? So today we're going to read from James chapter 2, verse 14 to 29. I'm going to read a lot because we know we, we, know we have some people who don't like to read. Um, Monday through Friday, so there's your verses. Here's your chapter. Here we go. Ready? What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or any clothing. What good does that do? Verse 17. So you see faith by itself. It's not enough. Let's repeat that. Faith by itself is not enough unless it produces good deeds. It needs to produce good deeds so that it is faith. It is dead unless and useless. Now, 18 says, now someone may argue. Some people have faith. Others have good deeds. Pablo, where are you, Pablo? Get Pablo for me. Now, some one may argue some people may have faith and others uh, have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Last week, we had a lot of good deeds. We were showing a lot of good faith. Verse 19 says, and you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this. Wow. You think you're the only one that believes in God? And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac? Remember, Isaac wasn't 13 years old. He was like 30 something years old. And he offered him as a sacrifice on the altar. You see his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. 
And so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted on him as righteous because of what? His faith. He was even called friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do and not by faith alone. Verse 25 says, Rahab the prostitute. Now, I'm very happy to this too. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without good works. You can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't have works, if you're not showing good deeds, then it's dead. Faith means to believe it refers to uh, confidence that something is real with a strong implication that action will occur from this belief. I believe it. I can speak it as much as I want that I believe. But if I don't have actions towards my faith, it will not come to pass. The great Catholic reformer Martin Luther said faith is a living and daring confidence in God's grace. So sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. What I hope you take from today's chat is for you all to leave here more confident on what kind of faith you should strive to have in your amazing walk with God. Not all faith is powerful. There is faith that fails. There is faith that is worthless. James does a very good job of diving deep in what faith is and what faith isn't. James says that faith without work is dead. The deeds we do are the results of our faith. If there are no deeds or no works of, of, of the flesh, then there's no real faith because real faith works. You want faith? You want to show you have faith? You must work. You can't keep your hands to yourself. You have to work. You have to activate yourself. There's a kind of faith that may sound and feel and look like faith, but in reality, it's a failing form of faith. Well, what does that look like? I'm going to give you some examples. A faith that fails is arrogant. A faith that fails is religious. A faith that fails is worthless. A faith that fails is dead. Yet it has the appearance of life and is often mistaken as the kind of faith that saves. It's not the faith that God is looking for. The first example of the faith the kind of faith that fails that I want to bring to your attention is cultural faith. Young people, write some notes down. Thank you. Cultural faith. You know what cultural faith is? Cultural faith is you believe because your parents believed. You believe because you was born into the church, so you believe. But your faith is weak. That's what cultural faith is. Cultural faith is all. I'm Methodist. I'm Baptist. I'm Pentecostal. I'm non-denomination. I go to church seven days a week. I go to church every Sunday. 
No one is saying that you have to go to church that many times. It's great that you do. But no one is saying that. You think that that's your responsibility. And that's what God is seeking. God doesn't want you to go to church that many times. God just wants you to believe in him. God wants you to call out to him. God wants you to seek him. But what happens is we get so mixed up in what our parents did back in the day that we bring it to our lives and then we put that same kind of pressure on our kids and it becomes cultural. We're doing it because our parents did it, not because we write our Bibles and we, we seek out the real kind of relationship that we should have to, to, to our Heavenly Father. That's cultural faith. We go to church every Sunday, but it really doesn't matter because it isn't a personal relationship with God. It's a cultural kind of relationship. You're doing it because it's a good thing to do. But it's not the best thing to do for you. Those who are raised with cultural faith are the ones who graduate high school. These are the kids. They graduate high school. And as soon as they graduate high school, they go to college or wherever they go professionally. And as soon as they run into someone with multiple degrees, their faith is shaken. Because their faith isn't, isn't planted on fertile grounds. It's just there because it feels good. It's there because it's nice. But a cultural faith does that. As soon as they run into somebody with multiple degrees, they fall apart because they're like, oh, but that's really God. No, man, read your Bible. Find out who God is. Spend time with him. Develop a relationship. Don't depend on your cultural relationship to bring out who God is in you. Another example of faith that fails is seasonal faith. This happens in December and also in April. But these are like, it's Christmas, everyone comes to church. The church is packed for Christmas. When Easter rolls around, it's packed again. This is faith that doesn't work because it's seasonal. It's only for that time. That's when you see everybody come that you saw at a party. Oh, you come to this church? Yeah, I belong here. I belong here. This is my church. They've never been there, only on, on holidays. They only come out when it's holidays. And this is the problem. We have cultural faith, now we have seasonal faith. This is the kind of faith that is actually very common. We see it all the time. What holiday is coming up? We're going back to Christmas again. Watch, everybody's going to be so spiritual. And they're going to say, oh, it's Jesus' birthday, he's born here. I'm like, guys, like. How's your walk? Can I see you in September? Can I see you in October? This is a seasonal kind of faith. This is the kind of faith of God in God that is dependent on the moment and the need. When something is going wrong, that's when you want to read the Bible more. When something, when you're in pain, that's when you want to read some more devotional. You're just hurting, you're in pain. So I know that my parents taught me this, so I'm going to do this. Because when, when, when I fall apart, I know that I need to run to Jesus. Why couldn't you do this before the storms came? Why couldn't you do this before the obstacles arrived? Don't be a seasonal believer. Be an everyday believer. We need him so our faith should always be getting strengthened on an ongoing basis. Every day we walk, we have faith. Now, I'm not saying you're scaring people off. I'm just saying you're building your relationship with God. And that your faith isn't seasonal. Let me give you another faith that fails. Minimum faith. I like minimum faith. 
Minimum faith is interesting. Minimum faith is like having a fire extinguisher in the house. That too. But minimum faith, let's bring it back. Minimum faith is exactly what it is. It's there. It's there just in case you go through a problem. It's there, standing there, just in case you go through a problem, you can go to it. You can reach out and get that help. You can, get the, you can reach out and get that compassion that you want. Minimum faith is exactly what it is. It's a minimum amount of faith. They want just enough. You want just enough just to get by. Because too much, listen, too much would mean commitment. Too much would mean commitment. Too much would mean a change of character. Come on. I can't do that that much. Too much would mean that your faith will start to challenge you. Too much would mean that you start having compassion for those people that you don't like. You start to love on people. Too much is that you, you begin to understand the cost of your faith. Rather than getting too caught up and carried away, it is better to have the minimum amount. You're like, I just need a little bit, God. That's all I need. Just a little bit. I'm all right. Because I don't want you on my back all the time, God. I don't want you to be knocking at my door and when I'm going through stuff and reminding me that you're good and faithful when I feel like I'm hurt. But I just want to continue doing what I'm doing. I don't want to change. I don't want a commitment, Lord. I don't want to change my life. I like the way I am with my friends. My friends are good with me, Lord. They're good to me, Lord. Those are the kind of friends I need in my life, and they're bringing you down. The faith that fails is a faith that is sensible. Now, this is why I was talking about my fire extinguisher. I stepped a little, uh, I went a little ahead, but the, the, the faith that is sensible at your house, you have a fire extinguisher. It's in a corner. Maybe you don't have a fire extinguisher. Maybe you have some, some alarms. You should. But maybe you have some fire alarms everywhere. But it's just there if in case something happens, like a fire, to warn you guys. And then when the fire comes, you get the fire extinguisher and you blow it out. But this sensible kind of faith is the same thing like a spare tire in your car. You have it with you if in case you get a flat tire. You have it with you if in case you you run over a nail. You don't have George's number. (laughs) So you can't call George. But you have that that tire in the back of your car if in case something happens. This is the kind of faith that allows us to always have it in our pockets, our faith in our pockets. If in case something happens, we bring out a a, a verse that we memorize. We've been memorizing for a week. (laughs) Yes, Lord, you're good. Put you back in my pocket. For when another storm comes, that's a sensible, it's just there. You got your cross, it's there because it reminds me of Jesus. It reminds me of Jesus. This kind of faith fails all the time. You know why? Because they're religious kind of faith. They're faith that are lifeless. They don't work and are not esteemed by God. This is not what God is looking for. God is not looking for your backup plan. He doesn't want you to be he doesn't want to be your backup plan if in case something fails in your life. He wants to be your plan all the time. He wants you to have him in your mind all the time. He wants you to walk in life with him all the time. So you're probably saying I've heard a lot about faith that fails then 
Tell me something about some faith that works. Oh, well, I can give you that. What makes the kind of faith that works different is because it works. You know why faith works? Because it works. It just works. You know it works. That's why you have it. I have faith. Every time I put on that outfit, it was working. I was reaching the lives of little kids. Every time I put it on, I'll get to that later. It's alive and it is real. It is a faith that is filled with power. It's a faith that works. It is a faith that is welcoming to everyone. You don't have to be rich or poor. You can be black. You can be white. You can be Hispanic. You can be orange. You can be purple. It belongs to you. There's no limitations to the faith that you should have. You should have as much faith as you want. But understand that with your faith also comes action. James 2 1 says, my brother and sister, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. It is a faith of all and for all. It makes no difference of who you are, whether you're rich again, like I said, whether you're poor, whether you're good or bad or black or white or red or green. Faith that works does not draw a line where God does not draw a line. There's no limits to your faith. If you want to be a basketball player, be a basketball player. If you want to be a billionaire, be a billionaire. Make sure you give your tithe. <laughs> but there's an action to that. It favors no one and accepts everyone. The faith that works is a faith that is merciful. James 2, 12 to 13 says, So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be Judged by the law that sets you free. Verse 13 says, there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. If you're merciful to other people, when God comes to that moment to judge you, he's going to be merciful to you. That's amazing to know. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that because we don't see that in today's culture. It's all about me and it's all about what I can get instead of what I can give. Remember, this is a kingdom that we're, we're developing. This is, this is a kingdom that we're developing here on earth. And we shouldn't allow other people's criteria to affect God's criteria in our life. You see, we have no rights to look down on others because they aren't like us or they don't have the same sins like we do. My sins are too small. Man, sin is sin. Sin is sin. There's no level to sin. It is sin. When you start putting sin in a position or in different levels, then you're becoming a rude and obnoxious person. There is no judgment of others for wrongs that they do while we overlook our own. That's the problem. We always judge everyone while we're overlooking our own. Jesus is the law that sets us free. You're already free. You've already been free from all your bondage, all your guilt. You've been free already. Walk in your freedom. Oh, I think I'm the only one talking. Moo Man, you listening? I think Moo Man is listening. Walk in your freedom. Stop walking around with a, a, a hunch in, on your back and, and all the stuff that happened in your past. Release it. Let it go. And continue to walk in faith and knowing that Jesus is in control. Don't allow these moments. Go ahead. 
Don't allow these moments to knock you down. Don't allow moments of hurt and frustration to knock you down. Don't, don't allow moments of unanswered prayers to knock you down. I've had a lot, I had a lot of moments of unanswered prayers because I'm still waiting. But that doesn't mean I stop praying. I just keep praying. Well, God, you're going to get to that chapter. I'll just wait. I'll just continue and I'll pray about something else. But this is the problem. As soon as an issue happens or as soon as a, an issue occurs, we fall apart because God is not answering us. Just because he's not answering us doesn't mean he's not there. He's just saying you're not ready for the blessing that I'm about to give you. We are far too critical at times of others that often uh, we fail to see it in ourselves. Most of us criticize others to cover up for the same struggles in our own life. There's some things that we're going through that we always want to bring out to light for other people. Oh, you're dealing with this and you're dealing with that. And those are the same kind of issues you're dealing with at home. But guess what? You just want to make other people feel bad and make yourself feel better. The faith that works is the faith that is thoughtful. Man, it's thoughtful. James 2, 15, 17, verse 15 says, Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, 16 says, and you say goodbye and have a good day. They're outside. You're saying goodbye and have a good day. They have a sign that says, help me, please. And you're saying goodbye and have a nice day and stay warm and eat well. They're hungry. They're showing you their need. They're showing you their pain. They're showing you their struggle. They're showing that to you. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself is not enough. Faith by yourself is not enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. What good is it to say this if you don't help? It is filled with pity and compassion. We need to see others with God's eyes. Every time I look at somebody, I should be looking at somebody with God's eyes. Say, what can I do to help them out? How can I be a blessing for them today? Not, what can I get out of them? I know they're good at this, so maybe if I'm friends with them for this long, I can get that. Hmm. Oh, faith is thoughtful. Sometimes people are struggling. You just need to give them. Sometimes God is saying, I need you to give this offering to that person. I need you to bless that person. And then when you give it to them, you feel like a weight is off because you've, you've, you've done the responsibility that God has given you. And then there's moments that you hold back that gift. And that person never gets that gift. That person never receives that blessing. Then your spirit is talking to you. I told you to do this and you didn't do it. What's going on? You have faith, but you have no good deeds. What's going on with you? Wake up. I'm trying to use you. You're praying, God, use me. God, use me. I want to preach, Lord. I want to save all those souls. You had a soul right in front of you, and you didn't do it. You had a life right in front of you. You didn't reach out to help them. You had someone hurting. You could have been that answer to that prayer they've been waiting for for an answer. Your faith that works is a faith that is faithful even when fearful. Ooh. 
Anybody got those kind of faith? You have faith and you still have fear. It's okay to have fear. I have fear all the time sometimes, and I still have faith. I say, God, you're going to get me out of this. God, you're going to help me. Even when I can't see it. James 2, 21, 21 says, no, 21, verse 21, it says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Verse 22 says, you see his faith and his actions. Verse 22 again, you see his faith and his actions. It doesn't say you see his faith and it goes on. It says you see his faith and his actions work together. I'm clapping because I'm putting faith and action together. If I just had faith, I wouldn't be able to clap. So I put them together. But then when I'm, when I'm here Sunday, I'm rejoicing because God's been good. When I'm, when I'm here Sunday, I'm, I'm, I'm getting happy because God's been good to me this week. I did my deed. I'm doing my faith. I have my faith. I'm working. I'm doing things. You see, there's problems in us sometimes. I deal with multiple sclerosis, and I have to uh, depend on medication every six months. I sit down in a chair, and I take this uh, uh, medication that goes into my body. I don't know what this medication has in it because they give you a pack of paper this long. It says everything. If you want to know what's in your medicine, just read all that information. (laughs) I've been taking this medication for three years. I still don't know everything that's in that medication. I get scared. I get nervous. I said, Lord, I don't know. What's going to be the after effect of this medication, Father? But I believe that you created this medicine to bless me so that I can continue to share the gospel, Lord, as far as I can. So, yes, faith and fear coincide sometimes. Sometimes they have to be together. I'm taking that IV and, and, and I'm there sitting down and for six hours taking this infusion and I'm, after I finish taking the infusion, I feel dizzy. I have to wait till my body all, you know, gets balanced again. And usually I'm like upside down when I take, but, you know, that's how I feel because of the Benadryl and all that crazy steroids they get me because I'm buffing my body up. <laughs> but I believe in God. I believe that God gave the wisdom to a doctor to create this medicine that I'm taking. So, yeah, I go in, and when I started taking the medicine, I got a little scared, and I got a little, you know, kind of nervous. And I've been taking it for about three years so far. God has been great to me. God has been allowing me to keep moving, keep moving the parts of my body that I need to move to continue to win souls for the kingdom of God. Because that's what we're here to do. When we're not winning souls for the kingdom of God, we're not doing anything. Our purpose is to win more souls for the kingdom of God. And you have to understand that when I was here jumping around in my little costume, I was winning souls for the kingdom of God. I was getting excited when I saw the kids and said, you're the astronaut guy. I was like, no, I'm the rocket man. (laughs) Because that's the problem. That's the problem. Our faith is so small, man. I can't do it because I'm, I'm up here. I'm on this level. I have this standard since my life. I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't humble myself. I can't do that stuff. The faith that works is a faith that's functional. Guess what? 
They said that they needed a rocket, man. I said, I'll do the job. I'll put the outfit on here. Let me put it on. Let me put it back on. Let me put this on. I'm sweating up a storm. I'm sweating up. I'm jumping around. I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. Because my faith is functional. It's not a faith that's limited. Come on. I'm able and I understand who I am. And I also understand what I can become. So in that moment, I became a vessel to win more souls for the kingdom of God. That faith is functional. That faith is a faith that no matter what happens, you're able to roll up your sleeves, get your hand dirty, and work. For the bigger calling, for the bigger purpose, for the bigger win, final win at the end. Let me tell you something, man. I was so happy, man. People were like, oh, but you you just jumping around. I said, no, I was jumping around talking about Jesus. And then we get that video from uh, Maritza and her granddaughter. No one told her to say that. She just said it. Jesus is the greatest. My church is the best. That's a win. That's the kind of faith that's functional. That's the kind of faith that you're able to humble yourself and say, what you need me to do? I'm here. I'll make it work. You need me to do this? I'll do it. You need me to do that? I'll do it. But the problem is we have faith and we think we have faith, but our faith isn't functional. Our faith isn't to the point where we are able to surrender as much as we can. You know why? Because for those three days and for a week, I had volunteers who gave up of their time to come out and make something for these amazing kids who came every day with a smile on their face. I didn't see a kid here that was miserable. I didn't see a kid here that was frustrated. Well, they were frustrated in the beginning, and then it got happy later. (laughs) I didn't didn't see kids that didn't want to be here. They wanted to be here. I had parents saying, oh, we have to do this, we have to do this. And girls are saying to their parents, mom, I want to be here, mom. I don't want to miss these days, mom. I want to be here all three days. Please, please, please. And then the parents are like, okay, come. Because that's the purpose. The purpose is to win these kids. The purpose is to win all these adults in here for the kingdom of God. Not for anything else. For his kingdom, so his kingdom can keep growing. When I was wearing that outfit, I'm telling you, Heat is horrible for people with MS. I don't like heat. I go to the beach, and when I go to the beach, I stay in the water. Because I can't sit on the sand and get tan. Because I'll, I'll, my body will stiffen up, and then I can't move my body. I don't like heat. That astronaut suit was hot. That astronaut suit was hot. And every time I put that on, I said, Lord, this is for a soul. I said, Lord, this is for you, Lord. This is for your kingdom, Lord. This is for that child who's been asking to get a little bit closer to you. They want more of your presence. Let me tell you something. The reason why I'm here today in front of you is because there was someone 30-something years ago who did the same for me. So I want to encourage you all to ask God, where do you need me to work at at Scarlet Note? Where can I volunteer? 
Where can my faith be functional and effective? Father, tell me, Father, where I can be more effective at, Father, here at Scarlet Oak. There's a lot of things going on. We have men ministry. We have women ministry. We have couples ministry. We have young adults ministry. We have teens ministry. We have the children ministry. There's a lot here at Scarlet Oak that can grow and grow and grow and grow. We just need your faith to continue this work that God has put in our hands. You see, that faith is functional. John 13, 4 to 5. This is a good verse. This is Jesus. Probably don't have it. I got, I got this last minute. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped the towel around his feet as his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Every time I put on that costume, I put on that costume with a purpose. To see a smile on a kid's face. To show the love of Jesus to a kid. Not to, not to just fly around. I know the costume is cool. I know. But it's to win that soul. I'm tired of this generation being persecuted as the worst generation ever. No, they're not the worst generation ever. A couple years ago, you guys were the worst generation ever. Do you know what's missing? People with faith. People with functional kind of faith. People with faith that they're like, look, you need someone to talk to? Come to me. I'll talk to you. Let's have a conversation. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Faith. We need, we need the kind of faith that, 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 that no matter what happens, it, 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 it over, overpasses the fear that sometimes we feel. Sometimes you say, God, I don't think I'm ready, Lord. I don't think I can, I can spread your gospel. God doesn't worry about if you're ready or not. He makes you ready. God doesn't worry about if you're ready or not. He makes you ready. You can be in this walk for two months. He makes you ready. You can be in this walk for a week. He makes you ready. You just have to be willing. You just have to have that heart open to say, Lord, you tell me where you want me to be at and when and what time. So, yeah, when I read that verse, I was like, wow, man, I was doing that, man. I was taking off my robe as a pastor and I put on my robe and I became a rocket ship. And then I take it off again, and now I'm the pastor again. You know why? Because lives are more important to win for the kingdom of God. And this is what we should be doing. The faith that works is both faith and works. Works without faith is not enough. Faith without works is dead. Faith that works is both faith and works. Now you're probably saying, what did you just say? There's a lot of good deeds in you. You just have to take it out of yourself and be willing to offer your good deeds. You have the faith. You just have to allow them to work together so that we can continue to grow this kingdom of God here at Scarlet Note and all, way, all, all around this whole state of Delaware and all around the world. Because there's a lot of people that are watching right now that say, God, I want you to use me. Come. Be used. Come out on Sunday. Be used. There's a lot of ministries that we can have you guys a part of. Come out. Don't be afraid. God will use you. God will make you perfect. What you think is impossible for yourself is possible through God. Yes. Did, some, did everybody get a word today? Yes. 
So yeah, my wife leaves me after service. But let me tell you something. When I'm here and I see my wife jumping like this, I'm like, God, this is awesome. I see the kids with their little lighting up little sticks and their face painted and they're excited. I'm like, God, this is amazing. So yeah, I'm going to miss my wife. But she has an amazing heart for the kingdom of God. And I just appreciate that I have her next to me on this amazing journey that God has allowed me to be a part of. God, I just want to say thank you for this time. And thank you for allowing me to give you some word of faith. Don't think that your faith is limited. It just needs to be activated. All right? Let's pray. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.